You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Scotty White, and I am joined, as always, with Ethan Young. And today, for at least a little while, we have a very special guest. Ikram, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Ikram Benaisha. I'm an international student, and I enjoy being here with you. <laughs> where are you? Uh, so you're an international student. Uh, where are you originally from? I'm from Morocco. See, <laughs> Morocco, see? Uh, I caught, uh, Ikram, Ikram's a friend of ours, and she, she's a... She's, uh, They've been here this past semester, right? This is your first semester yeah. with us. And yeah. uh, so on our way up to record this, I caught her in the hall. And I was like, why don't you? She was like waiting to, for a meeting or something. I was like, well, you got some time to go. Come watch a cartoon with us. And so yeah. that's where we're at. Um, before we go any further, I'd like to say this episode uh, is uh, sponsored by InversePress.com. Um, you can listen to their ad now. Now from Inverse Press. Vicious Circus is coming to town, and you better pray you aren't on their list. Come one, come all, see the killer clowns as they hunt the cruel and abusive people in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, marvel as the clowns dish out their own form of brutal justice. Beware if you torment the innocent, there might just be a clown coming for you. Vicious Circus is a 104-page horror graphic novel written by Kevin Laporte, with art by Amanda Rachels. Support their Kickstarter, filled with exciting rewards like exclusive covers, book plates, and even commission art. For more information, check out their website at inversepress.com. Will the Vicious Circus come to your town? They have a brand new uh, Kickstarter coming out. Uh, there'll be a link at the bottom for their new new comic, uh, Vicious Circus, by Kevin Laporte and Amanda Rachels. So definitely check that out. I support the Kickstarter at the bottom. And uh, y'all can talk for a minute. <laughs> I've done the official stuff before we get to the, to the synopsis. What's new? Oh, not much. When we Before we start the episode, when we last left you, we were with another young lady. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who you happen to marry? Yes. <laughs> yes. So surprise, so, surprise. So it's it's official now. So you yep. are now. This is your first post wedding podcast. Right. Congratulations. Thank you. And so it was a very nice wedding. We, we, it was, it was, it was a good time. It's got the red, really cool suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw the pictures on Facebook. And I was like, <laughs> is he that person? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. And we Congrats. we danced off the yeah, I know. Stay, uh, which was not. Um, we really okay. I know this is a, this is a non Star Wars thing, but I wanted to go ahead and get this out. Um, at the rehearsal, uh, we're because you know, I was in, I was I was a groomsman, and thank you again for that. No problem. And um, we we find out that the bride uh, wants to dance after they you know to the reception. So uh, for the recessional, they she wants to dance. And so, we're, oh, I guess that's so that means all of us have to dance too. And um, I'm not that great of a dancer, but you know, whatever. So the rehearsal, we kind of, I, I worked out with the, the the bridesmaid that I was we were going to do. And then this wedding happens. It's a beautiful wedding. And then the, this guy and his girl turn, and the music hits. They had kind of worked out a routine. <laughs> Didn't tell anybody else. We could have all worked out a routine. <laughs> routine. No, was this is right. It was adorable, by the way. Right. It was an adorable routine. That's so cool. and so, but we danced also. But Molly, remember, I was like, "Wish I was in on that part. We could have just worked it all out." 
instead of me doing the hustle or whatever it was. It was it was fun. It Just, was fun. It, it was, was fun watching you guys um uh, fumble <laughs> fumble around trying to figure out what the heck you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a good time. It is. Uh, I guess we'll start with the the synopsis and then we'll go. Unless there's anything you add, else you want to add about your wedding? No, no. I gotta wet the whistle for this. All right, episode. Uh, this week's episode is Call to Action. Uh, this is episode twelve of the podcast, episode eleven for the show. So yes, I'm catching up with so Call Very to Action. Good. Very good. Prologue: Lothal at night and an Imperial shuttle lands. Grand Moff Tarkin arrives, greeted by Minister Tao, the Inquisitor, and um, Agent Callus. Tarkin's here about the rebels. He's not happy. Tarkin isn't impressed with the, the rumors of a Jedi in town. Act one. Kanan, Ezra, and Sabine are chased by the Imperials. Speeder chased through town. Ezra uses his cunning to help subdue, subdue the pursuers, and they escape. Uh, Travis's propaganda uh, changes. Offers, offers a, a reward for the rebels. That's something I want to talk about in the podcast. Uh... Kanan has a Kanan wants to start propaganda of his own by using an imperial tower not just to reach all of Lothal but to, to some neighboring systems. Uh, Tarkin talks to some imperial officers about uh, their experiences chasing the rebels. He's not happy. He's so not happy he has the Inquisitor kill them. Uh, uh, t- uh, Tarkin doesn't want failure. Tarkin does not play. <laughs> Act two. Uh, Kane and Ezra and Sabine spy on an Imperial comm tower. Uh, it's it's heavily guarded. An Imperial transport drives by, drops off a probe droid. Probe droid scouts around and is heading toward Ezra's, Sabine, and Kanan's speeder bikes. Ezra uses the force to summon a Lothcac to attack and destroy the probe droid. But as the probe droid dies, it keeps a it takes a visual record of the rebels escaping. Agent Callus wants to go after the rebels. Tarkin says no, and says he wants to draw them to wants to wants to draw them to uh, us, uh, uh, and sends the Inquisitor after Kanan. On the ghost, the crew works on a propaganda plan. Ezra has doubts and is afraid that uh, because his parents had propaganda and he lost them, he he's going to lose his new friends. Uh, Kanan reassures him. Uh, later at night, the rebels attack the tower. Once again, stormtroopers are useless. Sabine, Ezra, uh, uh, Zeb, and Kanan manage to break their way into the tower. Uh, Sabine and Chopper work on uploading the propaganda. Oh no, the Imperials are right. It's a trap! Act 3. Chopper and Sabine try to hurry. The Inquisitor leads stormtroopers on air transports. Kanan orders Ezra to, to go get Zeb and then summons Hera to go pick them up. Zeb doesn't want to leave. He likes his gun. Some blaster bolts later, he doesn't like his gun. He'll get a new one. Kanan um, orders Ezra, Sabine, Zeb to the turbo lift and tells him to get out of here to go get, get to Hera. He'll stay behind. Uh, Ezra does not like that idea. Um, Callus and his troops show up show up to uh, block in Kanan. The Inquisitor shows up right after. Uh, Kanan uses his lightsaber to disable the turbo lift. Uh, Kanan and the Inquisitor have a lightsaber duel. Hera rescues the ghost crew in the Phantom, but they have to leave Kanan behind his orders. Uh, the Inquisitor... Uh, delivers Kanan to Tarkin. Tarkin is pleased. He has a nice helmet. Uh, the rebels... Uh, <laughs> he does have a nice helmet. Uh, the rebel uses the tower to send their message of hope. Then Tarkin destroys the tower. Tarkin does not play. It's not over. The end. <laughs> Yay! So, on your side... <laughs> Oh, sorry. It's your turn now. Sorry, I was I was looking up some interesting things. Um, speaking of Tarkin's nice hat, uh, this is the first time we see Tarkin um, in action in the field. Right, he's got um, a hat. He is wearing. Well, first time we see him in action in the field as an Imperial. 
we do see him in the Clone Wars, um, but he's only an admiral right. at that point. Yeah, right, he's a rebel. He's, he's with the clones at that point. But anyway, so first time we see him as a Imperial in action. Um, he wears armor similar to General Veers from Empire Strikes Back. From Hoth, yeah. Yep, from Hoth. Really weird, useless-looking armor. <laughs> well, I know you'll probably want to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, the, the, what else is interesting? Uh, counter computer spikes. This is I love computer spikes. I used to use them a lot in Knights of the Old Republic, the game, because mm-hmm. it's just a good time. Um, computer spikes have long been a part of Star Wars lore. Um, they first in, they were first introduced as a computer countermeasure device in the 1990s role-playing game. By West End Games. Yes. Um, and they're, like I said, they're heavily featured in the as a consumable device in the Knights of the Old Republic games. Very cool. Yep, yep. Different shape than the ones in the games. They're more of a square thing that you kind of insert into the computer, not not a long jack. That like spike. Right. Not a, they weren't. They don't actually look like, like spikes. Spice, yeah. yeah. Um, the gunnery stations outside of the Imperial Communications Center use the same seat and control array as Tie Fighters. I did not notice that. Yep. There you go. And the Imperial Patrol Transport is a, it's it's basically the Republic Police Helicopter. Right. As we see in the Clone Wars. Right. But they kind of modified it. Modified it and yeah, kind of made it over. Yeah. Look at the Empire being all nice and reusing stuff. Very cool. Yep. Well, they have to. It's limited resources and whatnot. Yeah. If you've got a whole, if you've had a whole war worth of stuff, you might as well use it. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, I wanted to... All right, so what I think is neat about this, especially this episode, this is your first episode watching an Ingram. Mm-hmm. You've never seen this cartoon at all, and I don't... I, if, if I'm... Remind me of you've never seen the original Star Wars either. Never. Which is awesome, so... <laughs> no, it's not awesome. It's a terrible shame, and we have to... I we'll know. We'll, we'll remedy that. We'll have to correct I that. <laughs> but, I was about to say the same thing, is that you guys are the masters of this show. <laughs> I'm like... What's that? What's, <laughs> well, what's, let's see, what's good is that, well, we can answer questions and stuff, and, and I think that's part of the fun about this. Um, but what I'm really curious about, uh, uh, from your perspective, this mm-hmm. a, your first time you're saying it's 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 deep in the in the run, but watching it, you seem to follow along no problem. And, and I think that's the, one of the joys about the writing of the show. You can just kind of jump in. You already know who your heroes are and what. But first of all, so a, I'd like to know from perspective of your first time watching and, and also being being an international person, someone from Morocco, who, uh, what do you think about it? I'm just very curious. What, what well, it's really amazing. And the fact that uh, I had a 3D design class, I was like, wow, how, <laughs> how could they make it? It's really professional, and it's it's well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember for the gingerbread man, I was spending... I don't know, hours and hours to just make that little gust. Yeah, you had a, what about this? It's like I'm, huge if thing. If I remember right, you had a course in Blender, which yeah, is a free... Yeah. For those who, who don't know, Blender is a free uh, 3D um, software. software mm-hmm. 3D... Making is not the word for it. What am I looking for? It, it's a... <laughs> Words are hard. I want to say it's a 3D generation. It's a 3D generator. Yeah, yeah. 3D yeah. generator. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. And so Ikram had a whole class on mm-hmm. it, so she made a nice gingerbread man on the yeah. island, wasn't it, if I remember? Yeah. It was an online list. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. But see, I remember stuff. So I know. What I, I, I do love the animation in this. I, uh, um, there's a series prior to this called The Clone Wars, and uh, it took a little while to get used to that animation, but I think this is much cleaner. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's newer. What I appreciate is the back is the nuances, like and we've talked about this on the show mm-hmm. before. But the stormtroopers, the guys in white, if you watch them carefully, they breathe. Oh yeah. And you watch that armored chest go you know, up and down oh. as they take breaths, and that's a, a a level of detail that you know cartoons don't have. Mm-hmm. And so that's the things I I I, I appreciate most about the animation. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Feel free as we talk. Feel free to. Mm-hmm. Uh, your perspective is always welcome. So feel free Thank to you very jump much. in. Um, so let's. I guess we'll start from the beginning. Let me flip my sheet back over. So obviously, the thing, the the rebellion situation in Lothal is getting out of hand. So bad that they have to send the number one guy in the empire, or the number two guy in the empire, to come down to take care of it, Grandma right. Tarkin, who's. Obviously, by now he's you know when I first wrote the note, I, I called him Governor Tarkin, but I didn't realize he was already this was already he's already been made Grand Moff, which is higher in the higher in the imperial hierarchy, right? Which is just a ridiculous name. What Grand Moff Tarkin? Just Grand Moff. Grand Moff. Blame George Lucas. <laughs> I I have to do a little research to yeah, figure out what, yeah, what a Grand Moff actually is. is. Yeah, well, the, the other guys are moths, and I guess they're all governors. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, they send him down, and, you, you know, we've had the three bad guy bigwigs, the Inquisitor, Agent Callus, and then Minister Tal. She's she's just a propaganda machine. She hasn't done much in the show besides complain. Right? She's, she's so annoying. Well, she is, and I think she's... For for a female villain character, she's just really bad at it. Yes, I don't think, she really is. Okay, which is weird, because what I like about the show is that the, the females, the heroes are... They're strong characters. Sabine is, you know, she's doing all kinds of weird ninja stuff and blowing up things and not afraid, afraid of and on the show she's an artist. And then you got Hera, who's my favorite character. She's and and, and the, um, the pilot, and she's, you know, a good leader, and it's really fun. And then you get the on the bad guy's side, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to complain the whole time. I'm just, and whine, and, you know, I just want, I don't just. Uh. Jordan's in distress, she was atrocious in. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, I don't like her. <laughs> no, no, I don't think anyone. I, I, if someone out there likes her, I'm sorry, but I'm going to dishonor her a little bit. She's terrible. She is terrible. She's terrible. Just, I just want to be like, shh, and just like put my put my <laughs> finger no, on her lips you and just, 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 just hush. It's like how just did she become a uh, like? How did you get a high ranking enough to do all? I don't know. Out of rim theory, I'm going. Out of rim theory. All right, so I figured out what a Grand Moff is. All right. A Grand Moff is the title given to the regional governors of oversectors. These sectors are also called priority sectors. Uh, they are locations that are special interests to the emperor. So this includes the imperial capital of Coruscant and the Death Star. These, use, these systems were used by, used by a number of governments... Um, Tarkin is the first Grand Moth of the Im- Galactic Empire, yeah, and so he all he holds authority over multiple priority sectors. So yeah, that's right. I mean, from 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 the original Star Wars, that's kind of what I thought. I would, you know, in the hierarchy of things, I, would, I thought it would be like just going by the New Hope. It was the Emperor, then Tarkin. You know, the Emperor is in charge of everything. Tarkin manages all that. Mm-hmm. And then you had Vader, who um, is the special envoy who takes care of problems. So apparently, the Grand Moths receive drastically increased authority, military forces, and funding as fitting to their positions. Their positions of oversector governor, the position of oversector governor is the sixth highest in the empire. After the emperor, Lord Vader, Grand Vizier, Imperial Ruling Council and Grand Admirals. Admirals. Like Thrawn was in... um, Yeah. So he's not top dog, but the reason he is top dog for the Death Star, because he is the governor of the the Death Death Star. Star. Okay, makes sense to me. So... I'm glad to be clarified on that. Yeah, I, I, Stuff I'm I didn't always know. always confused by the name. Right. What the heck is a Grand Moff? And now I'm now and, I know. And now our listeners know. And Ekrum knows. There's a giant <laughs> Wikipedia article which you can read if you're more if you want to learn more about it. Um, I like uh, what I like about Tarkin here is that he's totally not impressed with anybody. I mean, Tarkin seems to be all about business. Yeah. Does not seem pleased to be here. Nope. You know, I guess the emperor called him and be like, "You got to go take care of this," and he's like, "I will." And I think I think he was put in charge of a, as as his first grand grand moffness. We're going that. We're going with that. Put in charge of the outer rim. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it does say that he has multiple control. His controls over multiple sectors. Right. But I'm betting he has the outer rim sector is his kind of first duty. And he's probably been. I mean, the, I mean, this is five years before the movie, so it's right. So he's you know the Death Star is still being built. And I mean, right. Probably so he doesn't. He he doesn't really have control of that yet. I mean, probably, yeah, he does because at the end of episode three, he's overseeing it. So yeah. So you know, I would, what I'm I think I was going with is I think you know. This is his baby, and yeah. you know, and it's, it, it's canon in the book. It's his, it's his baby. Yeah, and so you know, if I have a giant death machine, I want to make sure it's. Yeah, I don't want to be pulled away to go. Yeah, handle you know, so, six rebels who are just. In yeah, the so the I think I think he's kind of he's kind of perturbed, and I think he's also like you really see in the the Clone Wars episodes which he's in, he's really all about proving himself. Right, and. This is another opportunity for him to prove himself because I think ultimately he wants to be a grand admiral because that is the absolute highest position you can get other than being emperor. Yeah, and that's and Lord happen. Vader, and that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, those spots are not going to happen. Right, so that's that's his ultimate goal because he is desperately climbing the ladder because he loves power right. as we see it in the Clone Wars and a little from this. Right, so. To get there, you have to prove yourself. And to prove himself, he's got to figure this out. I like how he's not impressed with the, the rumors of the Jedi. I like how he tells um, uh, Tal that, that he's he knew the Jedi and they all died. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he, he honestly believes that or he's bought him or or because he's bought into the propaganda or is he's trying to feed propaganda I, I, I thought I thought it was interesting I think it's it's a part of calming the troops if right. you will you know you have you have this story of an unbeatable unbeatable person that you know you can't kill he's a right. super being he right and you just, you know, yeah he has a, laser, a lightsaber laser therefore sword and magic right <laughs> laser sword magic means he is un, untouchable and then you just as as the the commander you have to go and be like no 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 he's he's he, we can do this he can he can die we right. can kill him it's no big deal here's my, here's my question for you so the empire has said that the jedi are dead right mm -hmm. and it's only been I mean, this takes place uh, uh, five years before A New Hope, so it's 13 years after. It's only been 13 years since mm -hmm. Order 66, which right. wiped out the Jedi. 13. Tau is older than 13. Yeah. So she, the, it's funny how they it's come down to, like, oh, the rumors of the Jedi. When the Jedi were, were supposed to be plentiful in the thousands, plus the Clone Wars, she would have been alive during the Clone Wars, wouldn't you think? Right, but she might have not. She might have not been. A, she probably wasn't a part of the Clone Wars. No, no, but she's. It's a. It, the Clone Wars was this galactic war. You couldn't. I mean, it's. It's this huge thing. My point is this: where I'm really going with this is that you've got a guy standing right by them who is basically magic with a laser sword. And he's like, no, there's no Jedi. And I'm looking at the Inquisitor the whole time going, yeah, that dude's kind of a Jedi. <laughs> he's an evil one, but he's kind of a Jedi. So I, why would I believe that there are the other guys? You know, yeah. the, the far stretch for me, having the Inquisitor there, to me, ruins Tarkin's credibility on that. I think, once again, it's it's Tarkin's way of, one, he never he never liked the Jedi. No. He didn't, he didn't think they were useful. I don't think he likes the Inquisitor, either. <laughs> I don't think he, he doesn't like Vader. So right, I don't he think he likes the Force. He doesn't like him. He does, he's just like, all right, I have to listen to you because you're my boss, but honestly, I think you're a lot of, you're just, you're stupid. You should go away. He doesn't like it. He, he thinks that this should all be taken care of diplomatically. And militaristically, right? There should follow the letter of the law, right? You should you should be general should command troops, not Jedi, right? And to look at the Inquisitor and says there are no Jedi, they're all gone. Right. It's kind of his way of saying, "Haha, I'm better, I'm more powerful than you, right?" And I can say such things. Yeah. And I think it's it's and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't view the Inquisitor as. A person, he's a tool. Right. Well, I think I think he looks at everybody as a tool, like a yeah. as a, as a pawn, and I'm, yeah. I'm used to the end. But I don't know. I, I just think 
I think it's just interesting when they're talking about there is no Jedi, and I'm looking, I'm looking at the Inquisitor, and like, you know, because we don't know where Inquisitors fall. They're not Sith, because uh, Clone Wars verifies the the rule two. Mm-hmm. Well, when Carter showed me the, I haven't seen them all, but Carter showed me the episode where Sidious fights Darth Maul and mm-hmm. uh, Savage. And it's like, oh, so they've made the rule of two a thing. So yeah, the rule of two, two is a thing. thing. So, so if the rule of two is in effect, so you have the emperor who's who's a Sith Lord, and um, or Sith Master, and Vader's a Sith Lord. So that's two. Where do the Inquisitors fit? The Inquisitors fit under how you have Jedi Masters, Jedi Knights, and then just Jedi. You have those three. Yeah, but see, I don't think that's been established in canon. I'm just trying to stick with Cam. Right, right. Uh, well, I'm so, what I'm going with is the rule of two, two states there can only be two Sith Lord, like two main Siths. Right. It, does, it says nothing about underlings. Right. Like the peons. Right. Because you can have, because it is, it's not canon, but it has been, it right, has right, been right. said that. I mean, realistically, honestly, if, if we're talking non canon, if we're talking le- legacy, I. Uh, I mean, Inquisitors are Dark Jedi. Yeah, that's what they are. They're Dark yeah, Jedi. Right. You know, so they're not Sith. They're they're they they use the Dark Shadow Force and they have lightsabers, but they're they're Dark Jedi. Right. That that's what they are. And so, but I'm trying to say canon because they haven't established that as a thing anymore. They got well. I think it's because they haven't got to it yet. I think they're going to, but I don't. I don't think for this situation uh, we can stick with canon. Because canon is not gonna give us the answers. It's not gonna give us a definite answer on what's what it is until they make it. Because it's going to be they're gonna have to either go to you know legacy or expanded universe and make that canon. Yeah, or they're gonna have to make something up. Right, and we've talked twenty minutes, and I've not got past the prologue. So (laughs) let's move on. Because we could talk, we could debate, you know, where they fit. I just, I just want to put that out there. And if anyone, and if anyone's listening who has some ideas, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm real curious what everyone else thinks too about this. Um, I'm gonna skip through this uh, in Act One, the the speed rack chase thing. Whatever happens every episode, it's not really that interesting. The only thing I think is interesting because it leads back into. What Tarkin does is that he takes the Commandant and his buddy, which I, I'm a bad host. I don't have their names on, on, on hand. But uh, wants to prove a point to I, – I think he call, summons them to his office to prove a point to Callus, Tal, and the Inquisitor. Failure is not an option. He has mm-hmm. to, You have to catch these people because the, while the Inquisitor does the act of killing those two guys – which is beautifully done. I mean, it's it's you know, it's a kids show, and it, it they even work it out being truly gruesome without seeing anything. I mean, it's all the looks on, on Tal's face and Cal. What's what's com- totally messed up in my mind is the fact that Tarkin didn't let these guys know he was killing them. Right. Not even at the end. Right. <laughs> it's like the Inquisitor turns on his lightsaber behind them. And he cuts their heads off from right, behind. Right. There is no preparation for what's it's it's you guys in the corner don't mess up <laughs> dead. And he's like, oh, that's that's rough. Because it goes back to what you said. I these are all tools, and these guys are just broken tools. Yeah. So I'll just dispose of the broken tools, and that's what he does. And, and as a warning to the other guy, you know, to to Agent Callison and uh, Minister Tao, like which. I, Again, I think men, and I hate to say this because I, I may get slack because she's a female character, but she's useless. I don't know why she's in that meeting anyway. She's just a pro, she just seems like a propaganda mouth, and it's like she may have some lead. She's supposed to be, I don't know, while the governor's away, I guess she's supposed yeah, to be in charge. Yeah, she's acting governor, right, yeah. Right, but she's useless, and she doesn't seem like she, A, deserves that power, or B, knows what to do with it. And I just, I blame the the writing in it. I, I just don't think they figured out what to do with her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, why is she even in here? At least we've seen Age of Callus go after these rebels and, and, and right. do something. I mean, this should have been... Just, but I think it's it's by proxy. It's right. her fault, too. I mean, I'm not pulling her off the blame. I'm just saying, right. as a, as, from a writing aspect, I just... Give us something. <laughs> give us a... Give, yeah. Have her do... I don't know. It's just... You know, the only time she really chased the rebels was in George in the Stress, and that was 
the second episode of the series, and that was on a different plane. It was just weird. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I love... Okay, here's what I really want to talk about, about uh, in, in this. Is so we see uh, Tra- Travis, the um, senator in exile, on the propaganda. And mm-hmm. you know, throughout, until last episode of Division of Hope... You know, he was this guy that's like, "Hey, help, you know, we're, help, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're gonna rise up against the empire. We're gonna free everybody. It's gonna be great." And you find out he's he's a, a, a tool of the empire. He's been working for the empire the whole time as a double agent, or a spy, whatever you want to call it, or just propaganda tool. And here's where the episode lost me just a little bit. So he turns on the, you know, he, he says, "You know, these rebels, uh, rebel cells are, are misguided. All except this one." And then what they show was basically a promo picture. Of the series. And I'm like, oh, seriously? It's like, everyone's in action poses. And I'm like, so what Imperial guy with Photoshop made that? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, on, like, that's all on the real artwork and stuff in, in our world. Is the, all, yeah. all the, you know, the posters and things that they make about this, the, the show. It's that design. And, I mean, to me, it's a little lazy. It's like, oh, we don't have time. Let's just scan this and put this, make it a hologram. And so everyone is their cool action pose. It's like everything else has been so good about being a real representation. I was a little disappointed in the fact I saw that. Well, I think also it's it kind of leads into the whole propaganda thing, though, mm-hmm. because them in their action pose is more threatening. Right. Right? Does that make sense? It makes it's, it's more threatening, so th- I, I get why they used it. I do, too. I, I'm not, I wasn't, I was like, ah, really? My eyes rolled. I really? Just, yeah. Just, my eyes rolled, and, you know, but that's, that's the only negative thing I got about the, the episode. I really like, I really like this episode, so, um... Trying to move on. Where are we at? So, Trius. So, Kane's got the idea to do propaganda himself, you know, mm-hmm. fight fire with fire, and I think that's a good idea. Um, and then, then that's when then the Tarkin kills those guys. <laughs> Tarkin, Tarkin does not play. I mean, he does not. Um, oh, let's talk about... Uh, so, they decide... The Rebels decide they're going to... Use the Imperial Comm Tower, which we've mm-hmm. seen in a couple episodes, as a means to spread their message of hope and peace throughout this sector of the galaxy. So they can have their planet and whatever the planets they can they they can get. And so you have uh, Kanan, Sabine, and Ezra kind of sp- spying on this. I like, I like. I, I'm always happy to see the Imperial transport. That's what I, you know. We talked about right. that. as a kid. That was my favorite toy. One of my favorite toys from that. So. But I like to see the little probe droid. Right. From Hot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the Viper droid. Kind of. That was neat. And they had the same, the Hot. The, the right, right. And, and that was that was very cool. So I like, I, I dug that. <laughs> I liked how a Hoth cat. Yeah, the Loth cat. Was Loth cat. I yeah, I like, I love the Loth cat just attacking the droid. That was, was clever. It's, it's, it shows growth on Ezra's, too. Ezra, yeah. Ezra did that with the giant vampire kitties from the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep forgetting their names. Uh, Frylocks. Yes. Frynox. Frynox. Because Frylock is a... Right. The know, vampire kitty. Right. Is on the Aquatic Hunger Force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Shake it is. Zula, the Mike Rula, the old school I'm oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's a different podcast. That's <laughs> such a great show, though. But, yeah, it's, but it's just funny because of... I don't think a, a loft cat could actually take down a viper droid. He got it in the head. I don't know, because they, they have blasters. Yeah, and it's like, I, I liked how they, they, they solved that problem of a loft cat probably couldn't take down one of these droids because the droid trying to shake the cat off over, like, over tilt, right, and then shot himself in the ground, right. All right, so I was like, okay, I can I can live with that. Little far fetched, but the the thing that made made me laugh and kind of made me laugh and was like, oh, they missed a really good opportunity there, is if because the droid hits and then electrifies itself, like the little electric, right? But the loft cat is still standing on top of it. 
and and is not getting shocked. I think they missed a, a good opportunity for the Lothcat to get a little buzzed, like shocked, and then like hop off and like hiss at it and then run away. Right. Right. Because that would have been funny. Right. Like it's it's just instead of it kind of going, eh, okay, I've won, and then just scurries off. It would be just like, come on, it's it's electrified now. Right. Lothcat needs to be like, <laughs> and then just runs away. Because right. that would you would have laughed. Right, I would have laughed. laughed. We both laughed. Yeah, yeah, you're like, ah, oh, that, that's that's funny. That that was funny. That's I funny. you know and and you know we, we Lothcats are special because they're the mascot of the show. Also, the one episode because you know the puffer pig. It's but, the puffer pig. <laughs> so. Um, and I, like I said, when I saw it, I cheered. I like seeing the Lothcat anyway. Um, Sabine's going to basically do her thing. They're going to break in. She, she's all like, I need five minutes. And like, you're getting three. And I was like, well, what if you could only do it in five? I like how shows do this. Yeah. It's like, all right, I can do this in five minutes. Well, you got three. It's like, what do you need me to do? I don't know. <laughs> how am I going to double up on something? You know, working with you is things you have to do in steps. And I would imagine right. that's like, I don't know. I just I, that's a that's a movie trope thing that always bugs me. It's like, well, and she of course she she can do it, and then it gets cut down to one, and she has to do it in one. But at least she has a a droid to do it. Right. Um. I think what else is in, interesting about this episode? Um, I thought it was interesting that the computer spike takes time to be accepted. Yeah, it's, but it, it it's weird. I, I don't know. I, I always thought. I think that the way they they programmed the computer, like they made the computer spike in this world, is weird. Is because you stick it into the computer terminal, and then like the computer accepts it a little bit, and it's like, nah, nah, I'm good. And then like a couple minutes later, it's like, okay, maybe you can have a little bit more. I don't know if it's like working on breaking down code. If you're reading it, like. Um well, like how the astromatic droids have their right that stick thing that makes them right, but the stick thing doesn't continuously no, go. but it rotates right. It rotates. Right. I just thought it was weird that it, it to, to show progression of how the spike is working. It progressed inward well, into know, the terminal. Going to galaxy far, far away. Maybe they don't have uh, st- status bars. <laughs> you actually have to watch the spike go in. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It's like 90%. what happens if does it spit back out? Because you know, like some stuff, you're like, oh, I'm at thirty three percent. They're like, how did we get a twenty three percent? You're like, no. I, how I do we go backwards? I don't. I do, It's like I didn't truly understand like how that works. Because you would think that it's not programming in each section of the spike. You would think the spike is just the program itself. So then you insert the spike, and then it then it cracks the code. I, it just it's like I get why they did it. It just I was like, eh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't a fan. I think it ain't like any something give Chopper to do. I think this yeah. Chopper, Chopper's very quiet this episode. Yeah, he's usually just a, a jerk, and mm-hmm. this time he's not. There's no room for him to be a jerk this ep- whole episode. You know, I've noticed that in the last couple episodes too, we haven't seen Zeb a lot. I mean, he's always in the background. Yeah, but he's not. We haven't had a Zeb heavy, or Zeb doing something besides. I mean, killing. Some, yeah, we saw a lot of episodes he hasn't said anything. I mean, he's had one or two lines in this one. Right. What I thought was interesting is Tarkin kept saying that these this rebel group, they're like when going back to the meeting yeah. to have, Tarkin says that's the problem. No casualties. Yeah, they're they're not unified because they're not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're these this group's not killing anyone. Right, but they kill. A lot of people. Or stormtroopers. <laughs> stormtroopers. They kill a lot of stormtroopers, or their just aim is so good that they just don't. They mortally wound. They wound them severely. They well, don't I kill. Mean, them. I was like, I've, in 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 the defense of the cartoon show, we only see stormtroopers get hit and fall down. That's <laughs> true. We've never seen really anybody die, but you know, the same way in the movies, you see stormtroopers get hit and fall down. I would assume that's. Because it looks like they're, you know, the plastoid armor they wear is, is pretty useless. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And so. I don't know. I just, unless, I, unless you're, unless a hero wears it, it's like it's the best armor in the world. But. Right. I don't know. I just thought I thought that was weird that they're like, oh yeah. They haven't killed anyone. I'm like, but what about all of those here, people? <laughs> well, uh, here's something I know they've killed: Tie Fighter pilots. 
because they've yeah. blown up a lot of Tie Fighters, right? So the the, the the you know the the fighters just get exploded all the time, and so that's that's casualties, right? Um, and maybe once again, Tarkin looking at everything as a tool. So I don't, I, you know, if, if if his navy and army are just tools, and not, uh, you know, he's got significant replacements, then I you know, yeah, I can always buy new forks, kind of thing, right? I. I, what I think is interesting is that he said that this cell mm-hmm. hasn't, alluding that others may have up the game. Right. And which in, in a time of war makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to take out high military targets or I mean, the U.S. does it overseas all the time. And so, you know, you're looking at may, maybe Fulcrum's got other groups out there who's doing other missions and... Maybe because the way Kanan and Hera—I don't know. I think again. I, I think again. It, it like I've said before, it really parallels the the French resistance right, in World it, War Two. Some it, of them refused to to ta- to attack people. Right. They would only do. They'd only take out bridges. They'd only take out railways. They, like things that things that would disrupt the enemy but not kill anybody. Right. And then there was others that would just you know. Let's go bomb a barracks. Right. So I think I think it's kind of like one of those type of deals where you have like the you have Kanan and Ezra and that crew, they're more structural targets, mm-hmm. not personal target, like not personnel targets. Here's the thing: I'll, uh, question for you. Out of that crew, who's the one that's going to move from structural to actual targets? I could see, like, Kanan is not going to make that jump. No. Um, Hera, not going to make that jump. Hera would. I don't think so. Hera's the only one, I think, in the group that would. Zeb was my close second, because Zeb's got that... No, I think, I think real, realistically, I think Sabine, because she's a Mandalorian, and she, as a Mandalorian, she has... Because she's killed the most people. Right. Right. I think, as a Mandalorian, she is prepared to take out personal targets right. without thinking twice about it. But I think Fulcrum gives the order; Hera's going to do it. Hera, I think, and Kanan. I don't think Kanan. I don't think. Well, here's the thing: I don't think Hera would do it personally. Hera would send the order down. Probably, to the people but, she know, but, she would accept it. But yeah, but but if Fulcrum told her to do it, if she had, to, if it was her, I don't. I just. See, I, I think Hera would do it. I don't think she would. See, I don't think that's the difference between Hera and Kanan. I don't think Kanan, Kanan is only going to take take life in defense. I think Hera, Hera would do it in offense. I don't know. I I, I disagree. I think it's interesting. I, I I I I don't think she would. I think she's dedicated. She's a patriot, so she's. I think she's dedicated. I think she's that dedicated to the cause. I think. I think. Because she, she, you know, she, Zeb would do it in a heartbeat. Sabine would do it in a heartbeat, and I think Ezra would follow suit real quick. If the others two did it, but yeah. No, no, Ezra. See, Ezra's like Kanan. I, I think Ezra wouldn't want to take life. I think Ezra is. He's a. 14 year old boy 15 year old boy he's a 15 year old boy he's a 15 year old boy who is caught up in this war has the hots for Sabine if Sabine is doing it he, he would, would too it. yeah See, he would too he looks up to Kanan who's training him in the ways of the Jedi and so Jedi don't do that and I don't think he would either I don't know I think I think if if Kanan stays out of the picture, yeah, because he's captured, he is captured, he's currently. captured currently. If if he stays out of the picture, I think Ezra is in is in an interesting place because I do think he would he would go down that road if he was led because right now he is he is torn between having the hots for. A Mandalorian killer, and trying to be cha- trying to be trained as a Jedi. I don't. I don't want to call Sabine a Mandalorian killer. It's it's heritage. It's not. It's not that she is one. Right. It's just it's it's heritage, and she it, as. I mean, 
Mandalorians are tough warriors, and she's from Mandalore. She's also went part of the Imperial Academy too. So she, you know, she's sixteen, eighteen. Yeah, sixteen, I think. I don't remember. So she's between sixteen and eighteen. I have to look it up again. But she's so she she you know, I thought she was I thought she was eighteen. I thought she was. 18. She, was 18. I thought she, was she might be eighteen. Yeah. So she would have been three at the end of the Clone Wars. So she would have been three. She'd have missed all of the 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 stuff that between the Jedi and the Mandalorians because that ha- the Jedi and the Mandalorians happened before Episode Three. Mm-hmm. So she's born sometime around Episode Three, right before Episode mm-hmm. Three, and so she misses all of that and, right. and misses the subjugation of uh, of Mandalore. So I think she misses out on that. I you know, but but Mandal- but it's I think Mandalorian by heritage, but I think most of her stuff comes out of. Uh, yeah, the Imperial School. I think, but really, I well, think we it, know, man, so right? We won't know, but it's Mandal- Mandalor- Mandalorians are very, very um, in tune with their culture, and if she was raised on Mandalore by Mandalorian parents, but we don't know she, that. And, and, right? And the reason right. why I say this, is, the reason I really say this, is because she's missing a lot of things. She she doesn't have a jet pad. She's uh, she doesn't have a dark saber. She, <laughs> she, well, they only give the leaders dark sabers. There's a lot of dark sabers in the wars. <laughs> there are, but only only the only. <laughs> they look like they look like you could go shopping and just pick one up. No, know? no, you only, you only get one by you only get one by um, being a Mandalorian leader. I'm just, I'm just saying. There's just I don't know. There's I. And the, not all of them have jetpacks either. Those questions won't be answered until. They decide to answer them and right. other episodes. It could be there's two more episodes left. We can, right. They could answer all. There could be a Sabine. I doubt there is one because we've got to rescue Kanan. Uh. <laughs> so I, you know, it's just I, I'm not sure. I, like I said, I, you know, you say Sabine, I say Hera, and we've we've had this the Hera Sabine thing on mm-hmm. lots of lots yes, of, yes, we have. We have our favorite characters. That's basically what it comes down to. Uh, um, I am going to rescind my Stormtroopers are useless <laughs> line this time um, because I think that was according to plan. Yeah. So the Stormtroopers don't shoot like they're supposed to because the Inquisitor's coming to... to but even... I don't know. It's just... They're so useless. You can't kill the heroes off because of, you have no show. I, I get They're that. so useless. Uh, I was really kind of let down by the lightsaber fight too. It's very quick. I think I think that was that was Kanan's plan. Probably because he just wants to. He's buying them time. So he's the he's buying them time, and I also think he knows that he needs to get into their base, right? To kind of feel out. What's going on in there? So you think he's trying to trying to get inside, so trying to learn stuff from the inside? Mm-hmm. I say I, I didn't get that. I, I think he's really just trying to get everyone out. He's he, I, right. I think I think he, but he gives up too easy. That's well, my thing. I, I I think there's no reason for only because of who he is in the show. There's no reason for the Inquisitor not to to just slay him. Because I don't remember Tarkin saying he wanted the Jedi alive. He, he did. He, he did. did. Yeah. Right, so could have knocked him out or whatever. But Kanan's there to slow everyone down. Yeah. Slow, right. Slow, slow. Right. That I think that that is definitely obvious. Right. That he's there to slow everyone down. Though I do think because he gives up way too quick. Well, they do have two little fights. <laughs> but he still. I mean, he yeah, he, I, gets, I, 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 he gives up, and I think it's I think it's his his. The plan is to then be captured, and because one, you're captured, then you become a martyr. Right. Well, no, if you killed, you become a martyr. Well, even if you get captured, you then think, you become a symbol. Do you think? And is it an excuse for him to get inside the base? Their base. Thinking that the his the crew will rescue him. Right. They're resourceful that way, so it gives them a chance to regroup and figure out what's what's going on. Um. So is the Inquisitor better? Duelist. Yes. I think I think the quizzer was right. While we've not seen it, I think I think Kane has been practicing because he, he's a lot better than mm-hmm. he was the first time they fought. So I, th- I thought that was an interesting. But I think I think the Inquisitor is a better saber technician yeah. because he had more training. 
Well, he was. I mean, he's been hunting on Jedi, and so I mean, we saw in um, oh, what's the one with the dead Jedi? Um, yeah, when they first fight, mm-hmm. he he's naming out his like maneuver, you know, like which which yeah. styles he's using, which I thought was really really neat. Um, of course, the ghost crew escapes. They have to leave Kanan behind, and you know it happens. <laughs> All right, uh, I think I know what we want to talk about next is the. Um, so the Inquisitor, you know, captures Kanan and gets him all ready for Tarkin, who shows up in the greatest outfit ever. Uh, it's so pointless. It's so pointless. It's not any more pointless than Agent Callus's helmet that protects his sideburns. Yeah, but there's a story behind that. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, but so now you just you know by, by next episode you got to figure out a story for Tarkin. Oh yeah, it's just it's. It's so pointless, the helmet and the breastplate, because the breastplate only covers the rib cage, right? And it doesn't really fit Tarkin. I don't know if you noticed that or not. No, I didn't catch that. It doesn't fit him. It sticks out too far. It doesn't connect right here. They're like this. Maybe just grab one. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's weird. It's on it's, board. <laughs> it's on board. I'm, ah, I probably, probably need this. And like the helmet is ridiculous. It is a it, it's a classic um, like mining helmet to protect the back of your head, but your face is clear, right? So it, it bowls out and it rolls off into it. Kind of it kind of fits to his head and then it rolls off into a fin all the way like all the way up to the front. Right. It's a falling object helmet. There's no protection for laser blasts or maybe, anything. Maybe he's worried about explosions. I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous I mean, it's looking. rocks. I don't know. It's ridiculous <laughs> looking. Someone throw my, uh, my lingua on fruit at him. Yeah, that's it. I, it's, just, it's just ridiculous looking. And... <sighs> I always have problems when... When they when they give when when sh- like movies or TV shows give like like the commander of the troops like ridiculously terrible armor right and like oh I'm I'm super special I get this armor that does jack squat yeah but I look special but I look special so that means that no one will shoot me no no that's not how that works. I mean, no. you see that armor in the battlefield, you just aim for that armor. I bet you we get that version of the action figure next year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I will be de- I will be disappointed in it even more. Than, I just, it's just, uh, it's so useless. Like, Stormtrooper armor is useless, but at least it's functional. Tarkin's armor is not even functional. Just shoot him in the face. It's like bat- shoot him in the face, shoot him in the gut, shoot him in the knee. All of that's exposed. <laughs> and then, you know, a stun blast probably wouldn't stop it anyway. No. So, um, I like what, uh, I, this episode, you know, it, it, it's called, um, Call to Action. I want to change it to Tarkin doesn't play. Right. Because <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. There's, no, there's nowhere in this episode where he's, He's taking it from anybody. He's, nope, nope, nope. The rebels are, like, using his radio tower to send some stuff out. He's like, fine, I'll just blow it up because <laughs> I don't play. <laughs> so they don't get they don't get TV now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't just, get cable. I didn't just think, think it was funny, obviously, that the, their transmission was able to go through clearly. Yeah, because we had to hear his mission. Right, had to hear the, the, had to hear the transmission before it blows up. Right. He's like, I'm Ezra, I'm 15, and I'm just a kid. But, but the Empire bad! Empire bad! And hope! (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. And the Emperor, and uh, Tarkin's just like, whatever, blows it up. I just, I like that. I, I, throughout the years of being a Star Wars fan, I've never liked Tarkin. This episode absolutely makes me love him. Absolutely makes him, makes me love him. I love it. He's, he's right. ruthless. He just he doesn't. It, he is the most intriguing bad guy we have seen in the whole series. It's just it, Tarkin is such a tactician, right? A military tactician. He understands what it takes to win, right? And he is unafraid to get his own hands dirty to make sure what he believes in wins, right? And I don't even, I, but. 
I'm going to back up. I don't even think that he really believes in it. It's just they've given him a lot of power, and he's risen, and he's just like, I like being in control. I like... I like controlling troops. I like being this tactician. I am going to... It's not like, you know, he believes in the Galactic Empire. Ooh, Galactic Empire. Yeah. It's just they gave him this power, and he's just like, cool, I'll take it. And he's good at I'm it. I'm going to use it. And, and I, he's good at it. Yeah. And so I... He's always going to fight for the winning side. He is the neatest side. villain yeah. of the... I think it's your... The Inquisitor is fascinating, but he's not nearly as cool as Tarkin in this right. Like, when we've seen the Inquisitor a couple episodes... And this I just awesome. I love I love the fact that the Inquisitor becomes Tarkin's lapdog. Right. In this episode. Are you leaving us? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Right, no, 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 real quick. Uh, just before we go, uh, well, thank you for stopping by. Thank you. I really enjoyed the discussion. And and, yeah, and there's a lot more on the podcast. Everyone wants to. If yeah. you're watching more shows, we'll get with me. We'll, we'll show you some more. We'll watch more. So, yeah, so thank you for stopping by. Go have you. fun. Enjoy Bye. reading. Good job. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to think. Where was I? I, you know, I think Tarkin's. I, I, like I said, I really want to call this episode Tarkin don't play because he, right. he don't play. So he quits school because of recess. I mean, he's just he's like, just he is a he is just he's such a he's such he, he is on the fast track to getting to getting to the top. Right. That's his end goal, and he is just not afraid. To do it, and that's what I love about him. He is just—he's not afraid to take the necessary steps required to win this fight and get him power. Right, and I—you know—I think I think it's a mistake capturing Kanan. I would have killed him <laughs> and be done with it because that's one less rebel I have to worry about. Right. If the Jedi's gone. The, the, the five-member cell now is, is in disarray. You can't because of the series. I got you. I got well, here's the thing. I'm just saying, if I was Tarkin... Well, you got to think about it. you got to think about it this way. Which is which is more disheartening? Killing him? Where you risk the crew becoming vengeful and then stepping up their game? Well, they're, they're, their next plan is to, to rescue, I guess. So I guess that, I think that's... If, if if Tarkin's wait, hoping for a rescue, then he's hoping to capture him. It's a trap, right? Maybe I don't know. I, I think I think that's. But he's but, he's gonna, he's going to try to get information out of Kanan. You can't get information out of a dead guy. That's true. But you can right. get information out of the other five. Like, I, I don't know. Well, it's, I it's just it's it's a tactical move. Capturing him means that they're going to be focusing all of their efforts on rescuing him. But I not. Also, I think also Tarkin thinks that that Kanan's the leader, and Kanan's yeah. clearly not the leader. Right. But like I said, I think it's. I think it's. He he's banking on the fact that this 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 group is now going to focus all of their resources and effort on rescuing Kanan, not on screwing up right. his plans. Right. And it, it's a tactical move. It's a smart tactical move, but it, it is a tactical move to I, do it. Hey, you know, and he is the tactical one. Um, uh, this end episode ends on the the most serious note ever. Yeah, I've never seen them get so. It's dark at the end. What came is gone, but but yeah, you get the gross of the crew and no one's like like Chopper's usually a jerk. You know, Chopper's usually at the end of whoa 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 whatever, right. and not this one. They're just like gotta figure out what to do with Kanan. It's not over. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's Rebels. not even music. It's just like it's over. Rebels. It's just it's just. Radio static. It's rebels. Almost, it, I'm like, oh, that's rough. It's interesting because in the old days, this would have been a f- successful. Um, it would have been a successful uh, cliffhanger episode because mm-hmm. you've got Kanan's missing and no hope, and then next next summer you find out, or next right. fall you find out what happens. And I know we've got two more episodes, and I don't know if it's going to, you know, I don't want to jump the timeline. But I, you know, it's it's interesting how they have this, and and you know, it, it makes the next episode even more interesting. So we'll right. we'll see. Um, I think that's about it. Unless you got anything else you want to add? <laughs> Trying to think. I think we covered a lot. We have covered a lot. Um, not as much tangents no, on this episode. This, I, this episode's pretty straightforward. I mean, we, yeah. We did, we, we did adventure. Some, we did adventure we, we, on the first we, half. We, yeah. Well, I'll explain a little bit about what what you know, 
we, we speculated about who would who would uh, which rebel would would kill, <laughs> and then we talked about uh, Tarkin and his mission. So I think we strayed a little bit. Like, no, I mean, not like crazy Tannis. Not no, no, like toddler Jedi. But oh, that was funny. That was right. You know, it was a good time. Two year old ones. You, you're not angry. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, you can follow me at, at Scotty White. You can get to the network at, at Mopcast Network. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mopcast Network. Uh, you can follow Ethan at... Uh, at Ethan Young 1991 And, and poor Ikram had to leave before she could tell us her Twitter. I don't know if she has a Twitter or not. If I do, I'll find it on her. Uh, I'm glad she got to see her. I'm glad we got to share uh, that first episode with She enjoyed it. She really, I, I, I was really she, hoping she had a little more time to stick around right. so we could... Really, kind of right, and I think she's you know just we're just these you know this is what we do this is you know been my life this long she was in she was in awe a I little think bit she was kind, of, kind of, of in the zone with us whoa I, I didn't know there was so much to this right which I think is is, is really funny you know you watch you watch Star Wars or uh, and at least Rebels you watch Rebels right. and you, you you don't really think about it's really easy not to think about the everything that's involved in this universe and I think when people who have a little bit of knowledge about what's going on in this universe sit down and talk to someone who doesn't they're kind of they get a little awestruck right like I didn't know it was so involved (laughs) right so uh, so it's pretty cool I'm you know I hate this is the last end of the the end of the season uh, but it's you know the way this end of the season is really exciting It's, it's this is a very good episode. Yeah. Like I said a couple little minor things I didn't care about, but it's, it was a really good episode. So I'm going on and on and on Of course, you can follow us next week. We'll uh, another episode, which is one of the last two. I don't know what the title is at the moment, but we'll find out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So uh, until then, I'm Scotty. I'm Ethan. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.